This is Burgos Ed, the podcast that answers all your questions you never dare to ask about banking. And I'm your host, Aurelia Rauch. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Burgos Ed. So we've cleared quite a while ago already that when we're talking about bonds, we're not necessarily talking about bond movies. <laughs> so today we're going to take an even closer look at bonds. And here with me is René Bolha. Hi, René. Good morning. Hey, good morning, René. Hey, so we looked at the difference between bonds and equity in a previous episode, and you wanted to dive a bit deeper into the topic of bonds. So what's left to say? Well, actually, yes, we covered the differences between equities and bonds in general. But uh, in contrast to equities, I mean, we learned that equities are usually uh, placed at one particular exchange. So you have one particular currency um, you're trading in. Bonds um, are a different animal in that um, many companies that come to the market issuing bonds have um, sub-entities around the world and hence have exposure to different currencies. Uh, in the bond space, hence we don't have that much like an association to a particular market, like for example, Apple uh, is linked to the US equity market, but we rather look at the different currencies. Um, and of course, depending on the project that has to be financed, also the time to maturity of the bond issuance differs. But this is only the peak of the of the iceberg. There is much more going on below the surface that um, I would like to touch upon. Okay, so that means bonds are not part of a particular market. As I said, um, they they are in a way. If you go back to the to the equity ticker, I mean, equity and bonds are, are most often issued by the same company, right? But um, in the management of bond portfolios, it's much more relevant in which currencies um, these bonds are are issued. Mm -hmm. And as I said, um, this is only this is only the starting point. Of course, our investors they have uh, certain uh, preferences for for different currencies, so we can match that. But um, when looking at bonds, there are much more um, yeah, severe or important factors to consider. Um, if um, not only not only the currency and the maturity, but let us briefly go back to how a bond actually works or what a bond actually is. Yes, please. So we know that a bond is more or less a loan that a company takes from investors. Mm -hmm. And what is important in evaluating or looking when looking at the bond is the principal or the notional, the time to maturity, and the coupon. And um, these three factors, more or less. Are, are linked together. So you know what you're paying in the beginning, you know what you will receive in the end until, uh, or, or in the end of the maturity, unless the company defaults, and in between you get the coupons. But there are certain features that make the evaluation or assessment of a bond um, a bit more difficult. For example, where on the capital structures is this bond placed? So we touched upon that in, in our equities versus bond uh, episode. Yeah. Um, equities are actually a fraction of the company. So sure. you're co-owner of the company. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the spectrum, there are deposits um, in, in the example of, of banks. So when you come to your bank with your bank account and you mm -hmm. place deposits there, this has the highest seniority. So if the bank goes bankrupt, you will be served the earliest. Mm -hmm. Um, the ne next next um, uh, senior step or next uh, safest step is so-called covered bonds. Mm -hmm. Covered bonds are bonds that have a certain deposit or collateral behind them, most often even more than the amount of the bond uh, outstanding. 
And this letter goes down over senior preferred, senior unsecured to subordinated debt, which is a quite a significant part of the bond universe. Mm -hmm. I will touch upon that later. Yeah. Um, so-called um, additional tier one or con contingent convertibles. And then the lowest part is the equity, meaning that if the company goes into default, the time deposits will be served um, the earliest and the equity space will be see, say, um, served um, at the latest stage if something um, is happens. still, yeah, if, if something happens and right. if the, 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 the value of the uh, bankrupt company is enough to cover all the claims. So that means, just quick question to interrupt you, that, that means that bonds are relatively secure. Well, again, it depends on where on the capital structure you are. Yeah. If you want to have a binary answer, well, they are probably um, definitely um, less insecure or or more safe than equities Yeah. Um, from the nature of, of this uh, type of security. Sure. But within the bonds, there are um, still some shades of, of seniority or security. Okay. So if you look, for example, at the subordinated space, which is oftentimes a bit like, um, yeah, investors oftentimes shy away from, from, from this space because it, in times of market stress, um, tends to behave like equity investments in that the volatility is much higher. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Yeah, because if the company goes into insolvency, if the company goes into default, um, holders of these type of securities um, will be subordinated to other holders. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it all comes back to the question if there are enough assets um, to distribute for the for the stakeholders. Okay, got it. Yeah. And but there are there are other factors that uh, are worth mentioning or worth um, looking at. Um, I touch upon the feature of optionality. There are some bonds that have a so-called um, call feature or call option uh, included. So these call features are a possibility for the issuer to redeem the bonds before the actually agreed maturity. Mm -hmm. um, this can um, happen, for example, if the company uses this issued debt as regulatory capital. So mm -hmm. sometimes, especially in, um, in the context of financial institutions, the regulator requires the companies to issue a particular sort of debt to secure their funding, to secure their asset base. So mm -hmm. if something like the global financial crisis happens, they learn from that case, um, that not the states have to um, jump in and rescue the companies, but that there is a certain um, like threshold or certain um, significant amount of capital um, um, present to cover any claims or to cover any um, yeah, shortfalls. Okay. But this regulatory capital um, is not uh, has no um, unlimited validity. Mm -hmm. But uh, in some cases, this uh, validity uh, decreases over time. So, for example, the company issues the debt one billion, and over the next five or ten years, um, uh, every year hundred million less can be um, can be added to this required um, regulatory capital. Mm -hmm. And once this um, possibility to add it to the required capital uh, has gone the issuer has no interest anymore to keep that debt okay. so he might be interested or he might be yeah he, he tends to then um, tender the bond 
buy it back from the investors and issue new debt that fulfills the requirements again. But also another another situation could be if the yields um, at the time when the bond was issued were much higher and over time the yields um, dropped due to favorable market circumstances as we right. saw in the last 10 years, yeah. then it would be possible for the company to re-issue um, the bond at a lower yield and hence reduce their costs. Okay. And then they might be tempted to also um, um, buy the bonds back from the investors. And then there are other um, differentiators um, when you, for example, look at the coupon. I mean, not we talked about the coupon. We said usually bonds pay a coupon, but some bonds uh, don't even pay a coupon, so-called zero coupon bonds. Mm -hmm. As the name says, there is no coupon Just until nothing. the final maturity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, normally, um, how it works is that uh, simply the, the amount, the notional amount is lower. So let's say um, the bond will be issued at 90 and over the time it will um, increase to 100 and in the end it will be paid back at 100. So it's kind of a passive form of coupon. Yeah. Um, and also there is there are differences between uh, fixed coupon bonds where you know, okay, I get a certain amount or a certain percentage point of the notional in coupon or so-called floating rate notes, which are currently in discussion because the yields are expected to rise. And with these floating rate notes where the coupon is linked to a particular money market rate is rising when the market rates, when the market uh, yield environment is, is rising. Mm -hmm. And um, this hence can be um, beneficial for the investors. Okay. And that's that's it? Did you, anything left to say? Well, this is actually um, like the, the base, the, the foundational features that we look at. But um, for, for any particular bond, you also have to look at the so-called covenants, which is like the description of all the privileges and duties of the investor and of the investment and of the issuing company uh, which are written down in the bond documentation okay um, there are some features like um, clauses like pari passu that no investor of a particular bond should be worse off than investors of other bonds of the same company yeah or uh, cross default obligations, uh, which goes in the same direction. So if the company defaults on one particular kind of debt, mm. that everyone else is participating and taking a fair share in these losses. Okay. And not that one particular bond issuance is taking all the losses and the others are, are better off. Of course, yeah. Of course, always under consideration of this capital structure concern. Yeah. Um, but but these, are, um, these are covenants. Uh, and also what is also possible is that the covenants uh, regulate or or document um, uh, in terms of um, financial ratios that the company is not allowed to, for example, increase the leverage or increase uh, the amount of debt compared to the assets uh, in order to prevent the company from a situation where it cannot, uh, yeah, uh, payback debt or payback their their interest coverage. This is all um, in in the bond documentation. And um, as a last point, of course, there are always uh, specific kinds of bonds to match the desire or needs of issuing companies as well as investors. Like for example, catastrophe bonds, which are linked to uh, the outcome of catastrophic events like the hurricane season in the US right. or things like that. And uh, how they work is you, you you give the insurance, most often a reinsurance company, um, the, the loan, the yeah. money, yeah. 
And in case nothing happens, in case the hurricane season is less severe than expected, then you get um, a higher return in the end. Oof. In case the hurricane season is worse than expected, then of course you might um, have a higher risk and, and less return or, or losses on your bond. And people do that? Well, um, the nice thing with catastrophe bonds is that um, they are completely uncorrelated to everything else that, that uh, or almost uncorrelated to everything else that happens in the market. Yeah. So even if a company goes bankrupt and there is a trickle down effect on other companies, this does not change anything on the likelihood or severity of the hurricane season in the US. So you have an uncorrelated asset which might smooth your portfolio volatility in, in, uh, in, in the passage of time. Okay. Okay, that last one was a funny one to me, René. It's it's certainly a very complex topic, and it's not it's not so easy. I guess structurally, it's easy to explain it, but then when you dive into the details, you see what a broad field this is. Um, how do you cope with such a vast variety of bonds? Well, uh, in general, yes, it is quite complex and quite um, diverse. So we could talk about that topic probably for ages uh, so we still are just on the surface of the problem um, in general what is most important um, when looking at bonds are two forms of risk the, the one risk is interest rate risk we will touch upon uh, interest rate um, sensitivity and the effects and how to handle that in, in, a, in another episode mm -hmm. for sure and the other topic is credit risk so the fundamental situation of the company what uh, what we talked about in, in one of the past episodes, the willingness and ability to pay debt and, and interest payments. Okay, so you'll come back and we'll look at these details in different episodes. Is that good? That's good. Thank okay, you very much. Okay, perfect. So thank you very much for today, René. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.